This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. In this episode, I'm delighted to bring you a conversation with international singer and songwriter Christine Collister Miller. I have no idea at this point how it happened, other than some kind of fairy magic. We cover topics from the mysticism of the Isle of Man, mermaids, magicians, Narnia, Greek gods, kundalini yoga, and oh, all under the premise of following her passion for singing. Christine is thoroughly entertaining to talk with, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did one or maybe three times through already. Now settle in and enjoy the show. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jane, for the invitation. I'm really excited to have this conversation. I think that um, I think the funniest thing when we got started here today is we realized as much as, for at least for me, and I think you agree, as much as I um, feel like I know you, we've never yeah. talked to each other. No, this is really quite fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. I love hearing your voice. First of all, I love your voice because you're a singer and I've listened to many of your songs and your recordings. But um, just to hear you speak is really fun for me, too, because like most Americans, I think I love accents. So it's really fun. <laughs> Bless you, darling. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'll accept that compliment. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So yeah. you're you're in Wales, which is part of the UK. Actually, no, I'm not in Wales. I'm in the Isle of Man. The Isle of Man. Is that not? Yeah. Wales? Oh, I didn't no, know. It's not. No, the Isle of Man is actually a, a separate island right in the middle of the Irish Sea. It's quite an interesting um, and rather beautiful place. It's 65 miles off the off the northwest coast of England, and you can see a bit of Scotland from here. And mm. it's also about 65 miles off the east coast of Ireland, Northern Ireland, and about 12 miles off uh, the lowlands of Scotland. Um, so it's right back smack bang in the middle of the Irish Sea. I had no idea. You know, yeah. I really need to look at a map once in a while to begin. Oh, that would be it. Useful. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. But it, it, I mean, I've seen some of the, the pictures that you've posted. So just, I should back up. Christine and I met through the Oasis, through Entheos, as well as many of the people that I'm talking with where inspiring people seem to gather. And yeah. um, so we've shared stories and pictures and things like that along the way. And oh my gosh, every time you share something from there, I'm just... It's stunningly beautiful. And actually, <laughs> I think you shared, um, it was like a, some sort of a tourist video yes. for people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I want to come yeah. there. Can I? I need oh, to go there. Are you, hey, you've got an open invitation, darling, anytime oh. you like. Yeah. Okay. That's on my, that's actually bubbling up to the top 10 on my list uh-huh. because it's so different from anything I've ever it seen is. Yeah. to begin with. 
Yeah, so, so it's a, it's quite an odd little place because it's actually its own nation. It's a Celtic nation recognised in its own right. Um, so we're not part of uh, the United Kingdom, but we are part of the British Isles because mm. our government, which is different, um, pays money to the British government for protection. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're a British protectorate. I think that's the correct term. But we have a we although we have sterling money, um, we have completely different printed money than uh, the rest of the UK. Um, and we have our own stamps, our own government. It's it's the longest running democratically voted government in the world. Really? And yes, what's, what's it really the, is. What's the population there? Um, right now, so the island is thirty two miles by eleven. And at the moment, the, the population is around about 85,000. But when I was growing up here in the 60s and 70s, it was about 60,000. Huh. So yeah. do you, okay, I, I need to get, I need to wrap my head around this, okay? <laughs> Help me wrap my head around this. So okay. are there, do you have to leave the island for like shopping or is everything that you need yeah. there? Like help oh, yeah. me. And I know yeah. that sounds no, really no, no. naive, but help me understand. Absolutely this. fine. No, no, no. Totally fine. And no, we've got, um, we have electricity and gas and oil. <laughs> I uh, figured that. <laughs> and we have, um, we have, uh, there's a, the main town is called Douglas and about 45, 40,000 people live in Douglas and we've got supermarkets and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, um, we have the population of a small town in England, okay. but obviously spread around the island. And it's very hilly. There's one mm. mountain. It's a mountain by about two feet because there's an official height <laughs> by which you become a mountain. Um, and it's, it's really very beautiful. And um, on a spiritual level, on an energetic level, mm -hmm. it's a very, very powerful uh, part of the, uh, of the earth. It's one of the, one of the first places where energy first came uh, into the, uh, onto the planet. If you're into that kind of thing. Oh, oh, oh no, of course I am. You know that about me. No, okay. <laughs> so, We're yeah, never so, going to get to your career, yeah. I have a feeling here. But um, I need no, no, to know, like, how yeah. do you know that? How do you know that that's the first uh, place energy came to the earth? How do we know well, that? Well, we don't really. And lots of, places, <laughs> lots of places will claim that. But it's definitely a portal. And there's definitely um, lots of UFO activity. I haven't yeah. personally seen it, but I know lots of people whom I trust, um, have definitely had experiences. So it's one of the places where um, that kind of activity occurs. And because it's kind of a secret place, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that well known. Obviously. Um, the, I had no idea. Um, have you ever heard of Manx Cat? Yes. I had one that looked like one of those. Yes. So Manx Cat has no tail. Oh, okay. Right, right. Right. And, it's, and I am Manx. My nationality is Manx, M-A-N-X. And so people from the Isle of Man, born on the Isle of Man, etc., that's our nationality. But to all intents and purposes, for the rest of the world, we're British. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, so the Manx cat is, in, uh, is indigenous to the Isle of Man. That's where it hails from. That's, this is so, so interesting. Like, why are we so, even going to talk so, about what you do for work? This is just yeah, way too but, interesting. But this, <laughs> and uh, one of the most beautiful things about the island is that we have a history of uh, like a bit like Ireland because we're mm -hmm. very close to Ireland and we share some of their mythology. Mm. So um, the Isle of Man is called the Isle of Man, not because it's for men, but because it was ruled by and protected by uh, a magician, um, uh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> a, sea, a sea god called Mananin. Mananin. Oh. And so the Isle of Man used to be spelt with two N's and okay. it was short for Mananin. So it's the Isle of Mananin. So, but, but obviously we all call it the Isle of Man now. 
Okay, what so, other fun fact do I need to know about this? Were there like mystical mermaids as part of this yes. entire? Okay. Well, what do you shit up? So, uh, Mananin had a wife and she was called Fand, F A N D. And she had a twin sister who was a mermaid called Liban. And uh, so they're all from the sea. They're all these mystical creatures from the sea. And Fand uh, was very, very mysterious. Very few people know about her. I only know about her because I've met with people. You know, you draw Mm -hmm. people to you, don't you? Right, right. So I only know about these kind of powerful things and magical, mystical things because I've been drawn to or drawn people to me, certainly over the last five or ten years, Mm -hmm. where I've learned this and it feels right um it so yeah it's it it, it feels right um that that this information has come come to light well i completely i completely understand because i feel exactly the same about drawing people to us which is why all joking aside Mm -hmm. i need to put it on my priority list to get to the isle of man i'm not even kidding you Brilliant. So um, offline, after the call, we're going to talk about how does one get there? How do you get there? Another interesting fact, and I can't remember now who it was, but um, a fairly famous musician who's into energy and uh, ley lines wrote this amazing book. um, And there's a chapter all about the Isle of Man. And he claims and has talked to lots of energy workers um, that the Isle of Man is the center of the hub of the British Isles, and that every ley line that goes through the Isle of Man uh, goes through the British Isles connects at one point on the Isle of Man. So mm. we're right at the center. That's fascinating. It is, isn't it? And I, you know, I really believe it. I mean, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to get off. Right, right. And yeah, see I mean, the it's claustrophobic. It's like you know, it's very, it's very, very safe. And whilst that's beautiful and fantastic place um, to bring up um, children, um, if you have a desire for adventure and or some kind of career like I kind of had as a musician, a singer, Mm -hmm. um, you can't really do that here. And so I I had to leave in order to kind of fulfill certain dreams. But coming back now in, well, I I was uh, in my late 40s and now my mid 50s and uh, coming back to the island like eight or nine years ago, I was so great. I did not want to. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did not think that that's where I wanted to be at that time in my life. But I've been so grateful because I totally, totally absorbed and loved and appreciate um, the mystical beauty of this place. Now it really fills me up. You know. Um, oh, I love that story. I mean, yeah. the fact, I mean, I totally understand what you mean about like needing to go out and find that adventure or follow that yeah. calling that's in you. Mm. But then if it brings you a full circle back, how beautiful yeah. is that? You know, like yeah, you, were, you I, I, were where yeah. you were meant to be, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I feel very grateful for that. Oh, okay. So um, I, we're going to need like 10 calls. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's, let's, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, even though I want to talk about this all day, I do want to talk a little bit more about you because that's why I had you on. Um, so uh-huh. I was, so you're a singer. And you travel around the world singing, right? Yeah. And how long have you been a singer? When did you become a singer? Um, I've been a professional singer since 1983. Okay. That's a long time. But probably the last five years, I've not done as much because my husband, who's rather delightful, 
of course. <laughs> um, he's a very successful music manager, and he had a, an artist um, have a, a worldwide hit about uh, maybe 10 years ago now. And because of that, we were, we've been able, that's fueled our life and our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And we have been traveling almost nonstop. We come back to the island for, you know, a month here, two months there. Mm -hmm. And then we jaunt off again. Um, um, mostly creative. There's always something creative going on. But we also have uh, family and friends across the world mm -hmm. uh, that we're able to go and visit, including we have grandchildren in uh, Sydney, Australia. So, right. um Every every opportunity we're able, we we go over to see them, of course. What a beautiful uh, and, way to live, though. What a beautiful um, way to live. It's a it's a total fairy tale, and, and mm -hmm. I've had plenty of times in my life where I didn't, I couldn't see anything, you know, mm -hmm. where everything was dark and there was no future, and <laughs> it, it all felt like no. Um, so it, it's a total total joy to have everything kind of open up and be present. Um, for this uh, kind of magical lifestyle that we live. But we're also very aware that it can change at any moment and mm -hmm. we totally appreciate it. Um, so, you know, we, we live, we go with it, we live with it. It's, um, yeah, it's a gift. It's, it's rather wonderful. You know, you're, um, you're, I, I do like to speak in terms of energy. That's one of my favorite places to talk. And your energy since the moment I saw you on Oasis is just, it's so vibrant and alive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you so when you were a girl growing up on the Isle of Man, were yeah. um what what like what was it that like do you think that was who you were then and and what led you yeah. into a career of singing? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I can. Um so I I think well when I was a little girl, I I I called myself Christine the Bean. Okay. Because I was always full of beans. <laughs> you know, jumping beans. I was always a bit giddy. Mm -hmm. Um and I also, I, I had a fairly curious nature, but that wasn't kind of, it was frowned upon. And being as bouncy as I, as I am now, as I was then mm -hmm. in my very early childhood, that kind of got stamped out quite a lot because you're not supposed to show off in the British Isles. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not supposed to kind of go, oh, look at me, look what I'm doing. Oh, isn't this great? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Be enthusiastic, you know. It's kind of frowned upon. Right. I and may so know that, I may know somebody like that, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> so so over time, like with with a lot of people, you know, that's what happens. You know, you kind of come into the world with a kind of energy, then you've got mm -hmm. a family to deal with, and that's all really interesting. Mm -hmm. And you learn things and you change and you whatever. Um but about the age of actually you, you, this is gonna make you laugh because of something you said before we had our conversation. Um <laughs> at the age of six, I knew I wanted to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> at six at six you knew this I love that I love that years old I knew and and I have no idea why mm. um it drives Bob mad because he thinks you know it's not it's not a good enough story you need a reason you know right you must have heard you must have heard I don't know Karen Carpenter on the radio and you thought yeah I could do that no I just knew that's what I wanted to do I needed to be a singer um, I remember it because when I was at school, it, it must have been, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And mm -hmm. I remember the picture I drew was a huge face on the on the on a bit of paper, so a big round face, and and the mouth wide open with tonsils dangling <laughs> at the back. So beautiful, a tiny, <laughs> a tiny little body, you know, disproportionately. And uh, and I think I had, or you know, I wanted to be an opera singer. And for the mm -hmm. life of me, I have no idea why. I'd never heard opera. I don't know any opera now. Mm. But at six, 
that's I, it may be I don't know I don't know well how can we know uh, it, but that's what I and it was a very 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 strong feeling um and I used to, uh, I remember uh, at primary school um, asking to be excused to go to the toilet so in the middle of class so that mm-hmm. I could go into the, into the bathroom and sing because it sounded so nice in there. Seriously. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> but I loved it. I loved, I, I loved it. I suppose the first place I sang was in church. Um, I'm uh-huh. not a church goer now, um, but we lived next door to the church. I think... In a way, it was kind of a, a good excuse for my parents to have some time to themselves on a Sunday. <laughs> you know, but they just, you know, kicked us out of bed and said, go next door, you know, go, go, to, the, go to church, give us some time. You know, come um, to think that, of it, my parents did the same thing. Now, now we've figured that story out, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so I, 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 um, I sang in choir, uh-huh. basically. I got, got to sing in the choir and I got to sing in the choir at school and that was a really big deal. Uh, and about the age of 10, my sister and I, my sister's two years older than me, one Christmas, we both got um, an acoustic guitar. Mm. We'd never said we wanted a guitar. It was not on my list of things to do. But hey, presto, there were guitars with nylon strings. Um, and I figured <laughs> that must have been a job lot that Christmas because about eight other people at the same school got the same guitar. <laughs> so uh and we all got lessons at the same time, you know, in a big oh, group. Oh, so there was a conspiracy going on. Oh, yeah, something going on. The universe conspires indeed. Right. Um, so I started, you know, so then I got to sing my first solo. I got to sing Leaving on a Jet Plane, John Denver. Oh, John Denver. Uh, I, know, I, I know. In the Isle so of Man. That, yeah, I got to sing that in a school concert. And I remember my knees knocking together at the time. Oh. Um, but also, the, um, I wasn't um, asked to play the guitar. Somebody else got to play the guitar. And I think, I think the kind of seeds were sown then that I wasn't a good enough guitar player. Mm. So I've always, I've always found playing the guitar a chore. Huh. Although, although I, you know, I'm proficient, I can do it. I'd much rather not. It's so much nicer to just kind of let go and sing without having to think about chords. But I don't know um, how people do it, quite honestly. I mean, that is one of the things when I see people perform – I have no idea how they can play an instrument and sing at the same time. It's just absolutely baffling to me. So I don't yeah. get it. I, I'd love to play the piano. I haven't a clue. No idea. How oh, me play too. That's, yeah. that's one on my list as well. And I think, <laughs> I think that people who can do both at the same time have to have two brains, but nobody's really examined it yet. That's my theory. I think that, I think that might be my, uh, my problem. I only have one. I know. Me too. <laughs> Short changed at the brain shop on the way in. Not fair. I know. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. I love playing to people. Uh, when when I about the same time we got the guitars, actually, my mum and dad moved from a. We all moved from a terraced house um, to um, to live in a hotel. Not as as in a hotel. My mum and dad bought a hotel, and they, you know, they. It was a very big deal for them, you know, um, to go into debt to buy this uh, place. But they ran a hotel because the Isle of Man is a kind of a seaside resort. Although if you could see the place now, you know, it's August and it's like the middle of winter out there. Oh. It rains so much. There's cloud. It's gray. <laughs> uh, very windy. Anyway, so we moved to a hotel. So one of the things my sister and I did was uh, in the summer when we had guests, we would, um, we'd, they'd all line up in the lounge upstairs and, right. and we'd sit on, on chairs and, uh, and play them a couple of songs. 
So like, uh, how cool is that? I mean, just like I had, I was actually, my jaw was on the floor when you were just telling me that your parents bought a hotel. Because who is that in their story? Who is that? (laughs) Your parents bought a hotel and you got to perform for people. I mean, like how... I mean, that's even better than the guitar story, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. What you think, what you need to know about a hotel in the 70s, 1972 when we moved to the hotel in Douglas, um, the Ellen Vannin. The Ellen, Ellen Vannin means the Isle of Man in Manx Gaelic. Oh. Um, and at the time, there were 22 rooms mm-hmm. and there were there was a sink in each room. So we had hot and cold running water. Mm. We could have 65 paying customers. That was the most we ever had. Okay. Um, so you do the math. That's a very strange, you know, right. isn't it? Yes. A couple of, yeah, a couple of family rooms, you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's very, Brit- very, very British. Nothing like America at, at that time. Um, and there were three toilets for those people. For 65 people? Huh? One on each landing. <gasps> Holy right? cow. So, yeah. Were there showers? Nope. There were two baths. Oh, goodness. One at the top, one on the top floor and one in the middle, in the middle floor. But no, but that was the height of luxury for a, for a British, but it, it, it's not a hotel in the sense of um, a Howard Johnson or a, you know, right. a, a, any, right. nothing like that. Nora Hilton. No, nothing like that. Um, they were called boarding houses in, in the British Isles. And um, huh. yeah, it was, Anyway, it was it was marvelous. It was marvelous because as a little girl at that time, I was totally and utterly in in love with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh right, right. Yes, the Rissy's book, right? The, the the Chronicles of Narnia. Right. What a perfect place to be for that. Well, I, you can imagine, right? right. I, I'm the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They get into the magical world through mm-hmm. the back of a wardrobe. Right. This had twenty two wardrobes. Oh Jane. my god. And all these strange people, all these strangers. I mean, well, well oh. the hotel was only open May till September. Okay. And then it was closed, right? Because nobody comes to the Isle of Man in the winter. It's just not, you know, why would you, right? Okay. <laughs> so in the winter, every day I would try a wardrobe. Oh, right? My gosh. I would go, I'd choose a room and I would go in and I would open a door and I would put my hand through and I would expect to go through the wall and walk <laughs> into the and I, it never happened. Oh. Surprise, surprise. Oh. So my little heart, and do you know what? I love magic so much that I actually told myself the only reason it didn't happen was because I didn't believe enough. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so much like me. I think I did things like that. I didn't have a hotel, but I definitely had yeah. that mental discussion with myself that if I believed more, these things I'm trying yeah. to do would happen. That book would float across the room or whatever it was that I was mentally trying to do at the time oh kindred souls here that's for sure so it's fascinating it was fascinating as a little girl I just loved it and oh, it's um, magical seriously that is now I understand why that's the hub of the magic it's all coming together oh yeah <laughs> it is and so what did I do then um so I sang in school I sang in church um I left the island when I was 18 through various um, influences and I ended up uh, being in a, a what we called a cabaret act who did working men's clubs in the mm-hmm. UK in Nottingham uh, in particular Leicester in Leicester Midlands in the Midlands and that really didn't work it didn't work it was all very 
um, traumatic, very dramatic rather. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it, it was too much. It, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't do very well. But at the end of that, um, my sister for the summer was going to, and her friend were going to work in um, a holiday camp called Butlins, which again is a very, very British mm-hmm. uh, institution uh, for for working class people to go and have a holiday. Okay. A bit like a theme park, but without the fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> without without the magic ride. You know, we had they had donkey oh, rides. Okay, okay. That was it. They had donkeys, um, <laughs> and it was fun, but it wasn't anything like an an American. Not place. like Disney World, is what you're saying. No, no, like Disney. It was it was kind of the precursor to that kind of thing, but it was very humble. <laughs> uh, and people stayed in chalets. Um, oh. which, were, which were like Nissan huts. Do, does that make any sense to you? They no. were these um, fabricated places. Um, and it was a canteen, you know, people had canteen food. There was mm. only the one place where you had food. There was no option. Mm. Um, and there was a big bar, you know, people would go and uh, and they had a dance band and they had a theater. Mm-hmm. So it, it was kind of like that, but very, very British. Okay. Um, so nothing over the top. Anyway, I was what they called a red coat. And they, we were part of the entertainment team. Okay. okay. So uh, my sister was a chambermaid, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I, and I managed to be um, a singer. So I got to sing in the red coat show. I got to do a couple of songs and mm-hmm. um, bingo, and you know, dance with old men. It was very <laughs> interesting. And that, so you make I, it I sound really to... glamorous, and I, I oh, admire that. No, no, totally. <laughs> Totally not glamorous. It was the opposite. <laughs> it was the opposite of glamorous, yes. I was um, so lucky I got to be a red coat and sing some songs and dance with the old men playing b- during bingo. It was like, like, <laughs> okay, okay. And then, and then what was next? I'm sorry. I just can't take this. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, I loved it and I loved being away from home and it mm-hmm. felt very independent, but I, ha- I could not get my head around how I could stay in the UK and carry on singing. Um, so I basically, at the end of that summer, I came back home and I worked in a shop. And I, uh, I don't know how long I did that for, but I worked, you know, I, I, I worked in a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and th- did I do? I can't remember which way around I did it. Um, so at some point, I started singing over here on the island, and I ended up in a trio with two boy, two men. Um, keyboard player and a guitar player and for several summers we entertained visitors who came you know there were you know various places where we could play mm-hmm. so we did that and I learned a lot and I loved it and it was really great fun and then somebody took me from the island one Easter across to the UK to do some what, what they call floor spots in folk clubs to see if because I, I figured okay I can sing, people over here like me, but, you know, in England, which of course is masses bigger than the Isle of Man, there must be great singers on every street corner. Maybe, you know, I'm not good enough. Um, I don't know how, you know. So anyway, somebody said, well, let's go over and find out. So I went over with him and he got me some floor spots in about four different folk clubs. Mm -hmm. And I did very well and people liked me and warmed to me. And one guy worked at a radio station in Manchester, at Piccadilly Radio Station, which was a twenty-four, one of the first twenty-four-hour radio stations in the UK. Hmm. And they had to have so much of their output be live music in order to have their franchise. 
Uh, and so between two and six in the morning, they had a program called Night Beat. And each night they'd have a night beat musician and you'd sing a song an hour over the, and I got, and I managed, I managed to get a job at that radio station um, doing two nights a week. And I did it for about two years. Really? But it basically paid my rent. What a lovely so, way to do it though. What a creative way. So I actually, but I actually said to the universe and I didn't know I was doing this at the time and I, God, I wish I was that clear at other times in my life. Mm-hmm. But I basically said, well, I'd love to do, you know, I'd, I said to the universe, I, of course, I'd love to go to England and I'd love to do that, but I couldn't do it without earning enough money to pay my way. Mm-hmm. It's very, I was very clear about it. And so, well, here's a job where you get to sing and you can pay your way. So like, if you would oh have God. upped that a little bit, right? Like if you would have known, <laughs> how about if I, how about if you not only give me a job to pay my way, but you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I haven't quite figured that out yet still. Well, I think you getting, have, I think you guys have considering the way that you live well, your life no, right now. So, uh, so I did that and then I met somebody. Uh, uh, so when I was doing the radio show, um, I then started going out to those same folk clubs and doing other things just, you know, just because I loved singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met somebody who was originally from Manchester, but now at that point lived in London and had made records. Now at the time, recording anything was really difficult mm-hmm. and very expensive. And it never occurred to me that one day I might re- make a record. Well, let me ask guy, one question. How old are you at this point? Um, I was 21. Okay. All right. Wow. Still very young. Yeah. And, and actually for that read about 16, 17 in the naive stakes. What's that? Was, Wait, what? It was very, was just very naive. Oh, okay. Having, gotcha. having come from the Isle of Man. Do you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. Isle of Man is very insular and safe and, um, kind of a couple of generations behind the rest of, uh, <laughs> you know, the world right, really. Right. So really making it, your way in a tougher place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I met somebody who'd already made records and I was just like, Oh my goodness. You know, you, I, it's that it, you can do it. It is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that somebody, um, introduced me to a guy called Richard Thompson, who's a brilliant <clears throat> English, uh, singer, songwriter, brilliant guitar player, often gets in the top 10 of world class guitar players. Mm-hmm. And he was making an album and he asked uh, Clive, who, who, whom I met, Clive Gregson, if uh, he knew of anybody else to do backing vocals on his next album. And Clive put me forward. And so we both ended up doing backing vocals on his album, um, which was called Across a Crowded Room. And it came out in 1985. And he um, he asked Clive to be in the live band for the tour the following year. But there wasn't enough money for me. So... Um, but I did a gig with them in London, which was the first time I'd ever played in London. It was very, very exciting. Um, and Richard loved my presence on stage so much that he found um, enough to pay for me. So he offered me a job, basically, in so his you went, band. you went on that tour then for the when, year? Yeah, we came, we came to America. <gasps> oh, my gosh. What a big step. I can't tell you how excited I was. I was about 23 at that point. Oh, my gosh. Um, and we had a 28-day tour uh, over about 34 days, so only a few days off, lots of traveling in cars, mm-hmm. a bit of flying, 
But oh my goodness, it was just amazing. It must have been a blur, you know, just oh, all of that. Yeah, yeah, I, it was fantastic, just brilliant. Um, so and I was in uh, Richard's band eighty five, eighty six, and eighty eight. Um, and still get recognition for that now because he's, I mean, he's still making, um, uh, really great albums and going out on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? When you look back, cause that's a long time ago now. Um, and we still have a connection and we still have creative, um, scenarios together, which is really great. I'm very, very grateful for that. Don't you love that, though, the way the, the tapestry of life keeps, oh, keeps absolutely. bringing people back, you know, in and out of our lives in really cool ways? Amazing. And I, I think as a younger person, I, I didn't realize, I don't, you can't, I don't think, that life actually gets more interesting. Yes. And I love getting older. I mean, you know, there's a couple of things I could do with that. Yeah, we'll talk about that another day, but I know exactly what you mean. We were just talking about that before the call though, how like like for what I'm doing right now, this this podcast is to me like so exciting. Like everything inside of me bubbles when I work on it, which I'm sure you have things like that with music that are the same way. But when I yeah. look back, I can see the breadcrumb trail that got me here. And I love that. And when, and those, you know, prior, you know, looking, when you go back to those days and those things that you're doing and the experiences, you don't see that. You can't see ahead. Like even doing this right now, half of the excitement for me is that I know that it's opening a door to something else. Totally. That's, that's the fun, you know? Absolutely. And I think the more we, the more we learn to trust that, the, mm-hmm. the more exciting it is. Um, and I think I'm fairly late developer and it's taken me a long time to get to a point. No, I don't really do. I don't think you are a late developer with all that you've done, but I know what, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you like, did you like getting to the point where you trust that you trust the, like the, that whatever it is that lights your soul yeah. up, just do it. Like a couple of years ago, I did something that I, I was like so crazy excited about writing this whole proposal that I had for how we should change education. Even though I'm not in the education field, I had this exciting yeah. proposal. I did a whole video on it. It never went anywhere, but it was so fun to do it. Well, those following that taught me some more technical skills about what I'm doing now. So like it's just brilliant. You don't really realize that maybe it's a fun little detour, but it's going to do something down the road. Totally. And well, and actually that work still could come into play further down the line. Exactly. Because the no doubt the ideas still work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just, you really don't know, do you? Right, right. I mean, my underlying, an underlying uh, passion I have really is to find ways for kids to, like, like you had to go in the bathroom and sing. Like, yeah. Uh, there are probably many children today who love singing, but may, like maybe they don't have someone supporting them or they don't have a way to like, yeah. or they get, they get that squelched early on. Like we talked about that. Like yeah. you, you had, you were a bean, <laughs> Christine the yeah. bean, and people wanted you to quiet down, but maybe that whole thing about who you are and the, like the way that you shine that today is really think if you did that all your life, you know what I mean? If we didn't quiet those yeah. things that are truly who we are. And that's yeah. what I want to bring to education is really finding a way to let that be the people yeah. letting the kids be who they are from the start, you know? Absolutely. And I think in education, certainly over here, um, one of the, one of the many things I find frustrating about it is that it's not about growing people. It's not about getting people or kids to trust who they are, to try and experiment, to ask questions. I know when I was at school, 
you weren't you weren't allowed to ask questions. You know, they stuffed you full of their information, and you had to regurgitate it. And if you asked a question, you were being rude or insubordinate or whatever. Right. The, and I think it's. I wish somebody had taught me to ask the right question or figure out what the right question to ask. I mean, that's half, that's half the thing is really being feeling safe about asking questions and being curious. Yeah. I mean, the curiosity, in fact, you're like, like I suspected, you're leading me right into my next question. So thank you for mm -hmm. that. Um, <laughs> I, I think I could take, so, there's so many different directions we could go with this conversation because like we didn't even really get into how your career took off. But I mean, I think the bottom yeah. line is that yeah. you, music has been part of you your whole life and you follow yes. that. You, you yeah. just listen to that with whatever degree of trust that you could have. You listen to it. Yes. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it is. I, one way I would put it and one way I used to say was um, I didn't feel I had a choice. Ah, that's even cooler. Ha I had to do it. Yeah. And you yeah. know, that's rare. I mean, I think the fact that yeah. you you knew that all along is such a gift. Yeah. I don't think everybody comes in with that. And and either way is fine, right? We, Whatever Probably. it is that, however we're following passion is fine. Whether it's like, you know, hardcore from the start, this is what I have to do. Or whether you know yeah. that, well, this looks interesting today. I want to try that. And that looks yeah. interesting tomorrow. I want to try that. Yes. Either way is perfect. The butterfly effect, yes. Right. So yeah. I'm definitely the butterfly effect um, <laughs> or the, whatever you want to call it, well, yeah, the yeah, firefly, yeah, yeah. something crazy. Yeah. But yeah. one of the questions I want to ask you that I, I like I can I already am anticipating the beauty of the answer is um, we, we like you have music. It's your thing. It's what you know, yeah. your life has evolved around uh, all along. But is there something else right now in your life that you're sort of curious about that has been outside of your mainstream of interest? Like for me right now, I, and I love it. I always try to have a new example on each show. But for me right now, for sure, it's the Isle of Man and the mysticism. I want to know more <laughs> about that. And I'll probably, you know, stay up late researching it and reading more about it because it sounds completely fascinating. So yeah. right now in your life, is there something that's drawing you outside of your normal things that you follow that you just have such a curiosity about? Yeah, well, th there's probably uh, a number of things, but but something that came into my life very strongly about four years ago was Kundalini Yoga. Mm. And it so opened up my entire energy field and my mind and my heart mm -hmm. um that i've been following that for quite some time and this strength this weekend in fact on friday morning i'm going to on the island there's somebody coming over to do a three-day uh, workshop on siddha healing kundalini siddha healing and this guy is a master and uh, part of the training is um, you get initiated and there's crystals and there's sacred geometry and meditation. I mean, it's just uh, so I'm very, very excited about that. And I want to incorporate that more into my performance. I, I don't mean doing yoga as I'm singing. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to imagine that, but yeah, well, thank you for clarifying. How would that, how would that work? <laughs> But to be more aware of the conscious um, connection to healing, mm -hmm. vibration, and the part of the performing bug is about healing. Mm -hmm. uh, that you are up, that being more conscious of uplifting people by what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, uh, how I'm being um, on stage and off. I 
feel a very, very strong calling to heal to, well, not only myself, but others to help, you know, to be of service. Right. And, and there's so uh, many different uh, levels you can do that. Yeah. At, you know, like, like yeah. there, there's the individual healing and then there's like just the ripple effect of it, you know, how you can yeah. create, you can heal as a group. You can like, yeah. and I also think that what, and I want to know more about Kundalini yoga, because actually I've been looking at taking a class nearby. But before I say that, um, I think there's ways that we heal that we don't even realize, right? So I think yes. there, you know, there are doctors who heal through a very, you know, exact science. And there are yeah. um, energy healers like Reiki masters and um, people and, and shamans that heal through the energy. But I think, I really believe that healing can happen through voice. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Well, it's vibration. Exactly. In, in the beginning was the word. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and that and that is repeated in in many creation myths around the around the planet. Um, the, the voice, you know, out out of the mouth of a god or a goddess came the first person. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but vibrate the the whole entire universe and the cosmos is made of vibration. Mm-hmm. We are in essence vib- vibrate vibratory beings. And it's um, so powerful. I mean, I, yeah. Um, you know, I realized I'd gotten into sort of a really small cocoon of the music that I was listening to for yeah. whatever reason. I really listen to radio. I, you know, I build my own playlists, but I was really, I, I didn't realize how tight I had gotten into this cocoon. Now, I like to listen to music that uplifts me, which I, that's yeah. a choice. Um, but I also want, I wanted to expand it. So I, just recently, actually, I joined Spotify and I started playing more with expanding out and like following the trail of, Oh, if you like this, you might like this. And then you might like this and you might like this. And, and it's, you know, music is so emotional to me that the music that I listened to, like I said, typically uplifted me, but I started hearing other songs. And all of a sudden the other day I listened to this song that I'd never heard and I was just instantly crying. And I thought, wait a (laughs) second, is this what I want to be doing? Well, maybe there's something I need to release. So let's just go with it. But the vibration is so in the uh, the music and everything is so powerful. I mean, I remember a time in my life, like in my teens, where I listened to some really depressing music (laughs) and I was stuck in like this dark, dark, dark place. And like we really have to be so conscious of that, don't you think? Yeah, what we listen to and the vibration. Yeah, yeah, we do. So how does that and I know that your music is very uplifting. And so that's where I think because of the style of music that you're doing, you're healing just naturally through that work. So uh, yeah, continue. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I think I do. I, I mean, um, I, I know I do. It's just that, like, like I say, it's taken me a long time to trust that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, but, but, and now I'm embracing it in such a way um, that I hope without having to explain it to whilst I'm on stage, you mm-hmm. know, that it is just incorporated. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the, the Kundalini Yoga, um, there's a lot of breathing exercises, a particular breath called the breath of fire, where it's rapid in and out breath, mm-hmm. where it, and it really strengthens your whole energy field. But it's had a really profound effect on the way that I sing, because there's a, um, there's a depth and a, um, a clarity and a strength that I don't think I had before. And I've, I've always had a fairly powerful voice. But um, but now it's imbued with more. Oh, I don't know what to say really. Um, I'm Power? just more. 
Uh, yeah, I'm power? just more connected. It's more spiritually connected. I am more spiritually connected without having to tell people. Right, um, right. You know, I don't feel like I need to go and preach or anything. <laughs> right. No, I think that's the essence of what you bring yeah. to every every connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's really yeah. like there are people who definitely are meant to go out and preach. And but yeah. I think that what I've learned and I think what you're also saying you're learning um, is that it's what we bring to each connection, the energy yeah. we bring to that that makes the difference. That's how we're doing yeah. our work. Yeah. Do you and the more we, we become conscious of it, then the more of that comes through and the more we can expand with it. It's yeah. I think it's too like a, a part of um really settling into our authentic selves. Yes. Is what allows us to do that. You know, the more we open up our own channels and our own, you know, take away all those like veils and curtains and things that we might have been hiding behind and letting those yeah. go, it, it makes it powerful more powerful as well. So with the breath of fire, are you doing that like before you go into a singing engagement? Is that part of your process now? It, no, it's not that I do that, but I do it daily. I, okay. I do it every day. It part, in fact, at the moment, I'm doing um, a series of three meditations uh, in the morning. And one of them has a four-stroke um, uh, breathing exercise in it where you take in four powerful breaths mm -hmm. through the mouth and, and you breathe one powerful breath out through the nose and you mm -hmm. keep doing I was, you do that for 16 minutes well you can imagine that that really powers you <laughs> really 16 powers. minutes 16 yeah. minutes and you don't pass yeah. out is that no no because <laughs> because you're doing it into the belly you're not doing it into your chest oh. and i think yeah you're, if you were only using your upper chest you'd be hyperventilating and yes you'd you'd fall over uh, but if you you learn the thing about the breath of fire is that you raise the belly out when you take a breath in and you pump the the belly back uh when you when you breathe out you know when you expel the air um, i want to know more about this so are these are oh, these fabulous. Like, yeah. are these um meditations that you have like online or are they ones that you created yourself i've been yeah, no 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 these are kundalini meditations and i think there are thousands of them there, there are okay. many many and there's lots of mantra so you get to sing you get to chant you get to um but at the same time, no matter what you do, whenever you do any of the, for me, I say that it's an undeniable experience. Mm -hmm. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to intellectualize it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell myself that it's good for me. Mm -hmm. I know it is because I feel so much better after. I mean, it's, it's, you feel expanded. I, I don't know how it, it's experiential. Go and have one of those classes and, oh, and then tell, it's happening. tell me how you feel. It's happening like <laughs> it's happening like this week. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I'm going to find one this week because I did take one a couple of years ago just at a yeah. small yoga studio a couple towns over. Like I live in a really small town, so there's not as many of those opportunities here. Right. But I took one and I remember I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I don't know to that degree, but maybe I wasn't ready yet either. You know, I feel yeah. like it's a, you have to be at certain stages that you're uh, ready to, to have those things. Yeah. I want to do that. I mean, and if you have yeah. any links to any. Oh, well, yeah, I can certainly send, send me if there's any that you're yeah. doing like online, but I've been reading actually, actually, I just almost took a class not too long ago. So I think this is my universal calling uh, here yeah. that I'm supposed to be doing Kundalini yoga. I, I also think there's an <laughs> online thing now that you can do specifically Kundalini yoga through, you know, one of the many, um, uh, on, you know, social online, um, uh, portals nowadays, okay. you know, there's so many different things you can do nowadays. And one of them is Kundalini yoga. So 
there is something that you could join. You could probably do it, you know, free for a week or whatever um, as a as an experiment too. But I I also happened to I I found it when I was in LA. There was ah. one teacher that was absolutely brilliant, um, and she worked in a yoga works studio mm-hmm. um but she did the what do they call it the community class was her was kundalini yoga so it was only ten dollars nice um, and she was amazing um i mean you wanted to be her she was so gorgeous Aww. and then i but but i didn't i didn't carry on i didn't find my own practice i you know i, I when i wasn't there then i wasn't doing it and I, I and then when i came back one other time i couldn't go there I had to find somewhere else, and I found this brilliant studio in uh, Los Angeles um, that was purely Kundalini yoga, mm. and I found an amazing teacher who was connected to the guru who came over from India to bring Kundalini yoga to the West. Um, Yogi Bhajan was the guy who brought it over, um, and she was one of his first students, so just the most amazing teacher and she still does classes uh now in LA they have everything in LA you know they they really do (laughs) but anyway when I was obsessed with it I was going (laughs) a day and then I had my own practice so I was doing my own practice before I went then I'd go I mean it really (laughs) really really, obviously I was ready I needed it Uh Uh, but it really did make a huge difference to um, not only my inner life, but my outer life and my my singing life as well. It, it really, it's opened me up to so many things. But there's a friend of mine I know, when I told her I was doing Kundalini Yoga, she said, oh, I hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it isn't for everybody. But when you find something that works, right. you, you, why do, you know, it, it is an amazing you feel a changed person every time. Mm-hmm. I do anyway. I feel changed. Um, and I do think I it's, I don't you, I really think it's when you're ready. I think it's, you know, yeah. there are, I, I used to go, uh, a friend of mine went to an acupuncturist. This was before I really started doing acupuncture. And uh, she would rave about her person. And I'd go, I would go, I went to him. And afterwards I was like, I don't really like yeah. him. He's kind of, yeah. you know, arrogant. I don't really like him. And then a year later I went back again after I did more of my own healing and, you know, whatever yeah. growth. And then still, hmm, don't really like him. A year later, I could not get enough of it. I was just like, right. I want to learn. And what was cool is he, I think because I was finally far enough along, I realized that what appeared arrogant initially was just that he literally had no ego. He was right. just literally pure, um, not, not ego at all. And so right. I think I was taking his attitude as something abrasive when really that wasn't it yeah. at all and then once I saw him later he started teaching me things he started wow. teaching me about healing and teaching me about our bodies and ways that no one had ever talked to me about them before you know in a natural path natural path kind of way wow and after that I went and got Reiki training and became you know learned to do Reiki so it was Fabulous. all like such a it was such a cool thing but it made me recognize how you know, sometimes if I'm resistant to something initially, it's not that it's bad. It's that I'm not ready. So just keep trying yeah. it again. So yeah. I am for sure trying Kundalini yoga again. If you Fantastic. say so, if you say so, <laughs> I'm for sure doing it. So I, hope, um, I honestly hope you get something really positive out of it because I, I, it's really rocked my world entirely. Well, considering how connected I feel to you right now, it's a sure, <laughs> it's a safe bet that I will have a similar reaction to it. Okay. It's a pretty safe bet. I hope so. I really do.
So you're so where are you going next? What's your next trip? Um, that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I, well, I need to go to the UK because mm-hmm. that is a you know another place for me. Because <laughs> um, um, uh, 20 years ago, I was in a I did this one album and one tour with four other women, four other really strong singer songwriters, mm-hmm. and we called ourselves Daphne's Flight. Oh. Um, you know about Daphne? She was um, the daughter of Gaia, who is the goddess of the planet Earth. I and did not know that. Gaia, 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 okay. Gaia, Gaia, uh, G-A-I-A. Okay. And uh, a, a lesser known river god whose name I'm afraid I don't remember. Uh, and so Daphne was this fabulously athletic, independent, strong, capable woman mm-hmm. who lived on her own in the forest. Um, and she was incredibly um, self-sufficient uh, and beautiful. And... Um, Apollo heard about her great beauty and strength and decided to pop down and and have a look for himself and he instantly fell in love with her and 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 so he basically said um you are mine and she said I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) I like her (laughs) so she started to run and he thought oh I want her all the more so he started to chase her and Uh he couldn't catch because she was incredibly you know strength uh, strong and, and athletic but she also realized at some point that he was going to catch up with her. And she was so adamant that she did not want to be anybody, somebody. Uh, she called out to her father, the river god, to help, to help her not be caught by Apollo. And so her father, in his great wisdom, turned her into a tree. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Dad. So, um, uh, but he turned her into a laurel tree. And when Apollo um, came upon her, um he took the twigs and the leaves from her branches and created the first laurel wreath hmm. which shows excellence yes that's what well that's what you get on the, on an olympic do you know what do you know what i'm saying no, a laurel, a laurel wreath. wreath laurel wreath was what they used to put on your head when you won something um a wreath okay um with twisted leaves and twigs right, right, right. a bit like a little crown Right. Um, but lo- a laurel wreath, check it out. A laurel wreath is, is the, it means it's, you've, you've reached an excellent level. Okay. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> and also um, the first guitar was made from her branches and that's why a guitar is the shape of a woman. Oh, that's so beautiful. And so, okay. So we call ourselves Daphne's Flight. Oh. And, and it, it, it fantastic harmonies really strong writing, really strong performances. Um, and we were, we, we all loved it. It was in 1996. Um, but unfortunately we've all gone on and done other things and we've never quite been able to get it together again until now. (laughs) So we got together last week for the first time in a very long time and we've got songs ready. We, um, we've uh, arranged them and in about four weeks time beginning of September we're going into the studio and we're recording a new album and next year in May we're going to do another tour and so and we're even better and more vibrant and um you know experienced and mm-hmm. this amazing uh, it's there's a lot of magic about it oh I can't oh. wait to hear it it's beautiful you love it it's really 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 beautiful um because we're all lead singers uh-huh. uh who also happen to 
be very good at harmony singing. And harmony singing is more about listening and putting yourself in the right place mm-hmm. so that you make that overall sound, not that you pop out or, you know, so, and we're all, we're all really proficient at that. So, um, so that's the most immediate thing I'm doing that's musical and, um, and very exciting. It sounds so and incredibly fulfilling. It is. It is. Oh my it God. really is. Yeah. yeah. It just sounds like, yeah. like just the only word I can think of is like hugely delicious. Like, oh my gosh, what a, <laughs> Like, I want to eat that up, you know? (laughs) It is lovely. It really (laughs) is. Um, And then I'm hoping to go back to Australia um, in January through to March and work with a guitar player over there called Michael Fix. Um, We've got a couple of festivals already. Mm. um, And hopefully that will work out, uh, which also means that we can visit with family and friends uh, during that time as well. So those are the most, apart from this beautiful thing I'm doing this weekend, which is the Kundalini Cedar healing modality, which includes the, you know, the sacred geometry and crystals and oh. meditation. I'm so excited about I, that. I kind of super dig your life. I'll have to tell you that. <laughs> like, I want to be you. So I'll try not, I mean, I don't, I want to be me, but yeah. I want to be me living yeah. like you. That would be awesome. <laughs> I, I have to say, I do appreciate my life. I, I really, really do. Yeah. Well, and you give back in so many ways. So, hey, I have to tell you a funny correlation between your Daphne story. Okay. So it's an interesting story. I, well, first of all, I love the story, and I love the yeah. name of your girl band. But yeah. um, Daphne has always been, if I ever had a daughter, her name would have been Daphne forever. forever. And um, I just saw this quote today that popped up on my screen. I have this screensaver thing on Google that pops up every day with a beautiful picture, a beautiful image of the of scenery, like landscape, and a yeah. quote. And so this is a funny time to have this quote. It's really universally synchronistic. It says, if you don't like where you are, change it. You're not a tree. <laughs> right? Right? And then you told the Daphne story, right? That's fantastic. That's incredibly fantastic. That is the most uh, in sync little amazing moment of the day. I have to tell That's you. Right. Oh. Yeah. We are. So in sync. Yeah. I I know that we are going really long here, but I I seriously cannot get enough of you. You're just a delight. You're so delightful to speak with, and your energy is so beautiful. Oh. Um, I hope that we can do it again. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Okay. And thank you so much for the invitation. It's so nice just to talk isn't it it's just i know yeah, connect yeah i know and there were so many great stories in there i mean you just had you're like endless you're endless i mean <laughs> i don't even know which one i love the most although i i don't even know i'm still yeah. kind of stuck on the hotel story that's one of my yeah, favorites yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um i guess we'll wrap here and okay. I, I will invite you back again if you're open to it and, absolutely i'd love to and yeah. i'll go love google to. up a kundalini class for myself oh i please let me know how you get on i will definitely thank you so yeah. much christine so thank you jen really really appreciate okay. it bye-bye now bye I imagine you laughed out loud a few times, and if you're anything like me, want to know more about her life. Obviously, I learned so many different things through Christine's colorful storytelling. What I realized afterwards, though, is that her underlying essence is her bright spirit. Her playfulness and curiosity propelled her from one opportunity to the next in such a way that she was fulfilling her desire to be a singer, yet feeding her need to always be experiencing life in new ways. I'll certainly be asking her to return for a part two episode, and of course, planning my trip to the Isle of Man. Thanks for joining me. 
for the podcast, that is. Unless you want to come along on the pilgrimage to the aisle, you know, just putting that out there, you know how to find me. Thanks for listening.